Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you today, I want to invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, the fifth chapter. And as you're turning there, let me again welcome you to Faith Assembly Church this morning. We are so excited to see all of you. And uh, for those of you that are joining, worshiping with us online this morning, I want to invite you just to drop your name in the chat. Let us know you're there. Maybe tell us where you're watching from. We would love to connect with you if you would find that link to the online connection card that's there in the comments. We would love to hear from you and, and get you connected with some of our pastoral team and follow up with you. But we're glad that you're here tracking along with us today, worshiping with us, and uh, jumping in the Word with us. So, uh, are you ready for the Word this morning? Amen. 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 So, um, we are concluding today our series that we've been in now for a number of weeks, Free to Be Me. Free to Be Me. And our prayer throughout this series has been that in your life, I know in mine I've been being challenged as we've been developing these, this series of messages, that fear would be set aside in our lives, that it would no longer be a hindrance for us, that the chains of the past, when we look in the rear view and we see things that weigh us down, that, that just hinder us from a forward momentum, that those things would begin to fall off our lives as well. And that, as well, the critique of others would just kind of fall silent in the background as the truth of God's Word just resonates over our lives and we, we are attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Lord's calling in our lives. So our prayer specifically for today in this message is that you would no longer allow yourselves or ourselves, that we would no longer allow ourselves to be bound or limited by our own inabilities. And, and the reason I, I felt compelled to share this word with you today is this. I, if you're anything like me, and I am, I am operating on a grand assumption here this morning that maybe you think a little bit like I think, or somewhat um, in the same vein of thought here, but, and maybe you identify with it if you do, just say, that, that's me right there. But... If, if you are anything like me, if you're anything like Moses, if you're anything like a long list of other people throughout Scripture that we can look at their lives, when, when God begins to birth in their hearts and in their spirits a vision for something more than what is presently, the, the next step of faith, the next step of spiritual development, the next step of ministry, the next step... In, in development of your family and your life, when, when God begins to touch your heart with those things, the immediate, even if it's unspoken, the immediate resonance in our spirit is to kind of draw back from that a little bit and say, but who am I? And, and, and with that attending thought of who am I also comes the flood, the deluge of Reasons why I am incapable or unable to do what it is that God is calling me to do. That God is calling me to be. And, you know, I want to say this again. I know I, I mentioned this and we kind of drilled on this point in the first message. But this whole thing about being, you know, who God wants us to be is primarily a message of being and not of doing. 
Because authentic doing comes from a place of authentic being. That first we are being what God is calling us to be, and then we're better positioned to do what it is that God's calling us to do. And I believe that as the Lord begins to call to each of us, because here's the thing, I believe that this year it's not just a slogan, it's not just something really cool for your t-shirt, but I believe in the spirit that the Lord is calling us deeper this year. I believe every one of us, the Lord is calling us to a deeper place. And I don't want any of us to shrink back for any of the reasons that we have, that we've enumerated through this series, more especially this one today that we stand before the Lord and say, but Lord, you know, I, you know, this, this kind of thing doesn't happen. People from my family don't do these kind of things. People from where I came from don't do these kind of People who went to the high school that I went to don't do these. And we got this whole people who have been through this particular situation or that particular circumstance don't do the things that you're calling me to do. It doesn't matter what you've been through in this life. What matters is God's call and God's direction for your life. Because if God brings you to it, God will see you through it. He doesn't call. God doesn't call. And I, I, I just shy away from these things so much because it seems so, you know, just overdone. But I do want to remind you here this morning that God doesn't call, uh, call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And if you have the calling of God on your life, and I believe that every one of us do, then I want to tell you something today. You're already qualified in Christ Jesus. He, he has already qualified you. So if you have your Bible there with you, uh, John chapter 5, if you're there, I want to jump right in at verse 1. And we're going to unfold a, a biblical narrative today that, you know, we've heard. If you've been in church any length of time whatsoever, you've heard this repeatedly. And we're going to talk about the lame man by the pool of Bethesda for just a few minutes this morning. And I, I pray that this is an encouragement for you. And I hope that uh, today's message offers maybe a little different perspective for you than some way that you've thought about this narrative in the past. But um, we begin here, we pick this narrative up in chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now I want to stop right here for just a minute because this is is an incredible narrative already. I mean, what if I were to tell you that somewhere uptown Greenville, there was a spot that you could go to that if, you know, if you were there at the right time and the right place and you could be the first one in, then all of your problems would be, would be handled right there in the moment. That would just be incredible, wouldn't it? Except that this is a very limited resource we see here in the Word because it was reserved for the first person who could get in the water at the right time. And can we just address the elephant in the room here this morning before we proceed in this text? 
I know if, if you're here, you know, I've personally heard this story from my childhood, as many of you have, and quite honestly, it comes as no surprise to me when I'm reading through the narrative of the Pool of Bethesda. This, this is not a surprise to me at all, but I'm, I'm just trying to look at this text from like a first read through and a first read through even as an adult and just kind of trying to process the information that I'm reading here. And, and we've got to be honest here, however, and, and admit that if you're reading or hearing this for the first time, this tale about a pool that's being stirred by, periodically by an angel that causes the water of this pool to have healing properties seems to have the qualities of maybe other mythological pools or bodies of water of which you've heard. You know, there's, there's the fountain of youth and there's, you know, this, this place and that place that we've all heard about. And, you know, but when we're reading through this in the scripture, sometimes we just, we get hung up on the details. We're, we're too intrigued in the mystery to see what God is really saying to us through the text. Like, we get stuck on things like, you know, we're trying to figure out the specifics. Like, was, was the angel visible to those who were present? What, you know, exactly what is meant by the term angel. I, I, I read the many, many commentators on this passage, and, you know, they go into great depth and detail, and as far as I'm concerned, they waste ink trying to describe what might have been you know, that signaled the troubling of the waters, and they use words like agitation, bubbling, rippling, waving, and many other descriptors to describe what the water was doing to indicate that it was time to move. Can I just, can I just tell you right now, do I believe that God is able to move in this way? Absolutely I do. In 2 Kings, there were people who were healed by a purified pot of stew. In 2 Kings chapter 5, Naaman was healed by washing in the Jordan River of leprosy. In 2 Kings chapter 13, one man was resurrected to life when he was thrown on the bones of Elisha. In Acts chapter 5, some were healed when the shadow of Peter fell on them. In Acts chapter 19, some were healed when Paul's handkerchiefs were laid upon the sick. Do I believe this could be factual? I do. Do I believe that it might be symbolic? Perhaps. Do, is it necessarily important for us to figure out all the specifics? Not necessarily. If so, I believe we'd have been given more detail. So I want to move our attention away from what is more abstract in this passage and towards what is more concrete in this narrative and thereby build a context for our understanding this morning. Can we do that? Okay. So Jesus is here in the flesh, concrete, right? The, the text clearly states Jesus is in Jerusalem and church, wherever Jesus shows up, things are about to change. And that excites me for a, a situation like today because I know that the word says that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And I believe that Jesus is here in this room today. I believe that in the name of Jesus, those that are joining us in spirit who are online, I believe Jesus is where you are today. And I believe that where Jesus is, things begin to change. 
and the word says that Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's Jesus is here in the flesh he's moving around he's working miracles and what this pool and this struggle to be first in the water represent is that first of all an acknowledgement of God's divine power it's clearly stated here that everybody who was gathered around there were gathered with a great deal of anticipation and, and perhaps you've come to the house of the Lord, you've tuned in to worship with us today, and you've done so with a great deal of anticipation. You, you believe in the power of God, and you're believing for God to do something in your life, in your circumstance, in your situation, whatever it is. But there were all these people who were gathered there, filling these five porches. The lame, the blind, the deaf, the paralyzed, all of the above are listed here for us. And they were all gathered there with a great expectation in the power of God. But there's a conflict that's here. Because not only is there a great expectation in the power of God, but there's also a great deal of reliance upon oneself to be able to attain the blessing and the power of God. And my fear today, church, is that too often you and I are like those gathered on the five porches. We're waiting around for God to do something, for the water to be troubled, for the Spirit to move, for God to pour out His blessing. But we also stand there with a great reliance upon our own flesh and we disqualify ourselves from the moving of God because of our own inabilities. And what we see here is a conflict because beside this pool, two worlds collide. Two worlds collide. In other words, we have a new covenant solution that's walking right into the context of an old covenant practice. Are you with me? See, in the old covenant, my wholeness was contingent upon my sacrifice. My wholeness was contingent upon my ability to keep the law, to walk in perfection. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, and on and on and on. The list, the law, the rule, the letter of the law. And if I can't walk in perfection, I can't uphold the letter of the law therefore I am undone and I am sinful and I am unclean and and in the old covenant you know all of this the only way for me to be justified for my transgression comes through my own sacrifice and to straighten my own life out don't misunderstand me here. I want you to hear me really close now. Don't misunderstand me. When you have an encounter with God, when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, your life should change. That, that single experience should put the trajectory of your life on a different path. Let him who sinned, sin no more. Jesus told the woman taken in adultery, neither do I condemn you, but things can't be the same moving forward. Go and sin no more. Your life needs to be different after you've encountered Christ Jesus. 
But it should never be expected, however, while our lives should change after meeting Jesus, it never should be expected, however, that the route to righteousness for our own self is through behavior modification. In other words, if I can just be a little bit better than somebody else, if I can just be a different version of my past self, then maybe I'll be good enough somehow, someway, someday for God to bless me. And that's what we have here because we have all of these people that are gathered around on these porches and they're waiting for the move of the angelic messenger who comes and stirs the water. And if they can be the first one in, then they're made whole. It's a, it's a feat of the flesh to obtain the blessing of God. Are you with me? The new covenant, however... This is what I said. We've got, a, we've got an Old Testament practice here that is colliding now with a new, covenant, a new covenant solution because in the new covenant, you don't strive, you don't strain, you don't, you don't try to obtain the blessing of God through the grace of God and through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Blessing and favor and grace and mercy has been poured out over your lives. Surely, Goodness and mercy is following you every day that you live. And under the old covenant, while you had to sacrifice and while you had to strain and while you had to try and, and strain to, to attain the blessing of God, in the new covenant, you just embrace the grace that's right in front of your face and say, Lord, have your way in me. Now, Paul explain, explains this principle this way. He says in, in Romans chapter 8, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. I'm talking to somebody this morning. I'm calling out somebody right now who who's laying by the poolside and you're waiting for everything to line up just right and for you to get enough stuff together and you to achieve some feat of your own flesh in order to attain the blessing and the favor of God. I'm here today to tell you that the work was complete on Calvary, that it is available to you through the grace of God. All you've got to do is fall on your face before Him and say, Lord, forgive me for my sinfulness. Cleanse me and make me whiter than snow I'm ready to serve you and God's blessing and favor and grace will fill your lives on that merit and that merit alone so I remember I said to you that wherever Jesus is change is about to happen and Jesus is in Jerusalem moreover Jesus is here walking by this pool and we pick this narrative up in verse 5 and it says now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years 38 years let me ask you something how long have you been staring at the call of God on your life how long have you been staring at the dealing of the Holy Spirit and you've been reasoning in yourself why your flesh is inadequate and insufficient to attain to the call of God for your lives What are, you, what are you talking about, Pastor? I talk to people all the time, and their question to me is, how did you know that the Lord was calling you into the pastorate? 
How did you know that the Lord was directing your lives in this way? And my word to them always is the same way that you know he is right now. You just won't admit it. Because if you weren't wrestling with it, if you weren't, the, the reason you're bringing this question to light right now is because you're wrestling with the call of God. And I, I, I recognize that. And, and here was a man who was there for 38 years, had an infirmity, and when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, Jesus said to him, are you ready? Jesus said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Now, let me, let me clarify terms here. Because we assume that this man was lame in his feet or was some way rendered immobile. In other words, he couldn't move on his own. As he's made that clear here. Though he can't move. He's going to in just a minute in the text here. And, and because we come to this specific situation, we can become dismissive again of the truth and we miss what God wants to do in our situation because there, there are many of us who drag our infirmities around for years. And can I tell you today that infirmity does not necessarily equal deformity? Infirmity does not necessarily equal physical immobility. Sometimes infirmity is in our minds. Sometimes infirmity is a spiritual state. But we drag it around and we drag it around. We drag it around because we have equated ourselves to be so unable... And in our flesh we are. But through Jesus, we are not. Through Jesus, we have been made more than conquerors. And, and, you know, I want to, in this scenario, here it is, the embodiment of God's grace steps into the situation of this man's life. Into this man's life, Jesus steps and says, Will you, do you want to be made well? And, you know, when we, we do a little word association here, let's try it. When you get a get well card, it's because you've been sick, physically ill. So people tell you to get well. So when we think well, we oftentimes think sick. And if we talk about healing, that generally indicates that we have been physically hurting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shy away from those terms this morning and, and I want to I wanna move our attention away from the physical healing of this text because we forget that the wholeness that Jesus has to offer is not simply physical, but it's also mental, it's spiritual, it's emotional as well. That there, and I love, there, there, I love the King James rendering of this verse that Jesus steps on the scene and he says to the man, Wilt thou be made whole and that's my word for you today because when we think about whole we think about brokenness and there's a lot of us today that while we are not physically ill while we are not physically lame or infirm we are often broken 
And I don't want you to miss the blessing that God has for you today because you're dismissing this as a man who was lame and couldn't get in the pool. I want you to embrace the thing that you've been staring in the face that has been the obstacle between you and the call of God for maybe years or decades now at this point. And I want you to identify it right now and hear in the Spirit the call of Jesus that says, Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? And I think that's so much better of a rendering of that question because there are many of us in some sense or another who are sitting by the pool and we're waiting for the moment that we can finally muster the ability within ourselves to obtain God's blessing for our lives. And the truth of the matter is that Jesus is just standing there. He's not asking us, can we get in the pool? He's not asking us, how do, we, how do we feel about what's going on? He's just simply saying, in the middle of it all, do you want to be made whole? No terms, no conditions, no add-ins. Just simply, do you want to be made whole? And you, you can't get clean by yourself, but will you be made whole? You, your spouse left you. Will you be made whole? Life has been hard for you. Will you be made whole? And to this, to this question, this man replies, again, as many of us do, and this sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool, and when the water stirred up, uh, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. There's not even as much as a hint here that this man has heard Jesus' question for his life. And you say, well, yes, he did because he, he answered. He did, he did respond to Jesus, but he did not answer Jesus' question. Have you, have you ever had an occasion when someone is speaking to you and at a certain point your mind turns off because you've already calculated your response to them? Like, you, you've already got your rehearsed line. You all, matter of fact, you might have already had it before you started the conversation and you've not heard a word they've said to you. You're just waiting to hear the drone of their voice stop so that you can spit out your pre-scripted text. Just me. Some of you, look, some of you, I see the look on your faces, you're guilty. You're guilty. But this man is sitting here. Jesus says, will you be made whole? And he's, he replies to, will you be made whole? Well, 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 I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm lame and I've got no man to put me in the water and I can't. So he, he didn't even say, well, you know what, I'd like to. But, no, it, it wasn't even that. It was just, here. here's the reason I can't. Just just straight to it. And it seems to me that this man has had the opportunity to rehearse this line many, many, many times before. You know, I can see him and his friends right now in my mind's eye. They're sitting poolside and they're commiserating in their troubles. The, the one on the right says, well, you know what? I could get my healing, but every time the waters are troubled, I'm so distracted by the drama of everybody else around me that I can't move on time. I can't get to where I need to be because other people are distracting me. You know, like, I'd like to get my blessing, but I'm so bothered by what somebody posted on social media last week. I'm 
so caught up in the drama around. I can't. I just can't. And the one on the left says, well, you know what? I would get my healing, but I'm so bothered by the fact that, you know, I think I could get in the water first. I think I could be faster and better than everybody else. But you know what? It, it bothers me because I've seen this so many times over. And this is a word. It's an indictment to the church right here. You know, not, not this church in particular, but the body of Christ at large because I see it over and over. But I believe that one man to his left might have been sitting there and saying, you know what? I would love to jump in the water and be there first. I believe I could be and I'd be healed. But my issue would be there'd be so many of those other nasty people jumping in the water after me see sometimes once we come to Jesus we get our cleansing we get our healing we forget about those folks that are still out there on the edge of the pool and, and we've got all righteous and we've got all right and we don't want those nasty folks in the pool with us so he said I just I just stay here you know furthermore than that I'm in way much better shape than some of them anyway to which this man has always replied, well, I'd be, you know, I'd be whole, but my circumstance and my situation keeps dictating my wholeness and I can't ever get a good break and I can't ever get it together to get there and I, I can't stop what I'm doing that keeps me from getting there and I can't handle the pressure of trying to figure it all out and therefore I don't ever get in the water first when the trouble, the waters are trouble. Are you with me? And I, I love this. I love what comes next, and you'll love it too. Because in just a minute, we're getting ready to see just such a magnified view of God's grace and favor here in this next verse. He stood there, and he offered to Jesus an excuse. He didn't, he didn't even indicate a desire. There, there wasn't even... There wasn't even that moment like Peter when he said, Lord, I, I want to. I want to, but, but I, I can't. There, there wasn't even that, that moment like the centurion who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that word from Peter left me for a moment, but it was, Nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I'll cast the net another time. What a magnified view of God's grace here as Jesus says, and Jesus said to him, rise. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately... Immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. Immediately. Now, now what, what an exhibition of grace. Jesus powerfully demonstrates the principle from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where Jesus says, My grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. The man, the man sitting there at the pool, all he's got for Jesus is weakness. Jesus, all I've got is this weakness. All I've got is this infirmity. All I've got is this lame situation. All I've got are these troubles and these heartaches and this despair. And Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and in wholeness walk in the name of Jesus. And listen. Do we all have limitations? Absolutely. 
Absolutely we do. But our limitations need not bound us, however. They only need to serve as indicators as to the point where the all-sufficient grace of God has taken over in our lives and strength has been made perfect in our weakness and God has again done exceeding abundantly above everything that we could ever ask or imagine. And I believe there's, there is an immediately in this house this morning. Would you stand with me all over this congregation right now? I believe there's an immediately in this house right now. I believe that there is an immediately online for those of you that are watching. I believe there's going to be some immediately's this week as you're in your prayer closet at home, as you're seeking the Lord, as you're calling out to God. I believe there are going to be some moments of immediacy where you begin to offer to the Lord your weakness and your inability. And God just simply says, hey, I'm glad that you finally recognized the point and the limitations of your flesh because now you can see the wholeness of my person coming to fruition in your life that no flesh is going to glory in my presence but I'm going to pour out on you and the result of it is is something in your life that's going to glorify me there's an immediate there's an immediately in this house there's an immediately for your life and it's going to come up on the occasion that we stop telling God what we're incapable of and we lean hard into his grace for our lives it's going to come when we stop focusing on our flesh and we start focusing on the power of God it's going to come when we realize that we don't need a title we don't need a position we already have a call and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives and immediately Jesus will minister wholeness to your lives to my life look I don't ever stand up here and preach this word as somebody who doesn't need to hear it himself so I want to challenge you this morning all across this auditorium heads bowed and eyes closed and I just want to ask you this simple thing here today those of you that are watching online how long have you excused yourself from the grace of God because of the wrong you've done because of the weakness in your own flesh because of the circumstances of your life because of the rocky road that you've traveled down the trouble that you faced how, how long how long have you held out how long have you shied away from the call of the Holy Spirit would you be made whole your mind your nerves your emotions are wrecked And you're just sitting on the poolside and you're waiting for the time when you can get it all together. I'm telling you that it's already been put all together in Christ Jesus. Because 2,000 years ago, he humbly and willfully gave himself a sacrifice for your sins and mine. That in him, we don't have to live broken anymore. But we can live lives of fullness. We can live lives that are whole. 
And if you'd say to me today, Pastor, I want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want, to, I want to answer that call for the very first time to say, I want to be made whole. If you've been abiding in brokenness for far too long and you say, I want to be made whole, would you just slip a hand up wherever you are right now? Amen. 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 Thank you. You can put those hands down. If you're here today, going to give you an opportunity to respond to the word here in just a minute but if you're here today there's some things there's some things that have been proving a great obstacle in your lives some inabilities some weaknesses in your own flesh and you think that's the thing that's going to keep you out of the good graces of God and keep you from moving forward into the deeper call of God Again, this altar is a place of laying things down. It's a place of surrender. It's a place of sacrifice. And those of you that are watching at home, I want you to make an altar wherever you are, and I want you to begin to call out to God. Pastor Lisa, Pastor Lisa and I would love an opportunity to pray with you today, that you would find some freedom, that you would find some wholeness from those things that have been weighing you down and hindering you. So as our team begins to lead us here in just a moment, I want all of those of you that raised your hands this morning for salvation, I want you to step out from where you are to be brave right now in the name of Jesus and step out. And I want all of you that say, Pastor, I need to lay some things down this morning and I don't need to be trusting in my own ability, but I need to be trusting in the power and the grace of Almighty God right now in this moment. If that's you, just step out from where you are right now right now and make your way to this altar we want to believe god with you for miracles today amen we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today if you would like more information about faith assembly please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day